Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Okay, another podcast. I'm so excited this week. This week I have... um, Connie, you know, I should have had you pronounce your name. Is it Holman? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes I make assumptions about pronunciations and then even on air, I was like, wait a second, I should have clarified that. So I have Connie and Holman with us today and we will share a link to all of her resources. She is a licensed mental health counselor, therapist, and a intuitive mindset coach. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm super pumped because what encouraged me to invite her to be on the podcast was something she wrote about, um, a comment she wrote in a group about healing the heart and some of her work around that. And I thought, well, sounds like a perfect guest for our podcast. (laughs) And she was game. So I'll read what I wrote for today and we'll see where the conversation goes. Okay. Sound good? Um, So... I just want to, I'll just jump right in here. And I wrote, um, I'm not sure when it happened, a slow evolution of the human species, but somewhere along the way, we human beings started leading with our minds instead of our hearts. We started listening to logic over love, intellect over intuition, and our thoughts over our feelings. This way of being has led us to an incredible growth as a species. Just look down at the phone in your hand or up to the roof over your head to see where the brilliance of the human mind has brought us. But these minds of ours have also pulled us away. They've pulled us away from the accurate and attuned guidance that our hearts provide. So many of the women I connect with in my abortion work are healing from what they identify as broken hearts. Their abortions were a necessary step along their path but have also left them with feelings of grief and heartache. Left unresolved, these feelings are complicating their lives. So they come to me or seek support from others to heal their broken hearts. I remind them, you are whole and complete. The discomfort you feel does not mean anything has gone wrong. You are not wrong. Choose kindness, compassion, forgiveness, Choose love for yourself and for the pregnancy you chose not to bring to full term. Find connection with me, with your community, with the soul of your unborn baby. Remember that being human is a 50-50 experience. It's not all supposed to feel good. Humans are meant to feel a full spectrum of emotions. An abortion is an, un- is an opportunity to allow yourself to feel deeply and powerfully. What I don't remind them all, because they're not all ready for it, is that hearts don't break. Put your hand on your chest, feel the rhythm, feel the beat, and you'll hear wisdom from your heart that your mind could never give you. Your heart is a never-ending source of intuitive guidance, and it never leads you astray. When we feel the discomfort of a broken heart, oh dear, (laughs) 
what we I know, right? Somebody popped on. How interesting. <laughs> Let's go back to the broken heart because I think they disappeared. Um, when we feel the discomfort of a broken heart, what we're really feeling is a message. In what feels like the darkness resides love, and it's always ready to guide you forward. Many of us have been socially stumped to forget that we are intuitive beings with heart-centered guides. We are too busy thinking to listen to the wisest teacher we have, the one nestled into our own chests. We have to make room in our lives to be able to hear the teachings of our hearts, and there are many ways to do so. I'm sure we're going to have conversations about this. <laughs> so my top five tools, five favorite tools for reconnecting with your intuitive knowing and healing the broken heart. And if you're reading this blog post, you're seeing I put quotations around broken heart. Um, but my top favorite tools are quickly listed writing, nature, meditation, feng shui, and surrender. And I wanted to share on the podcast today five challenges to get you started on tapping into your intuition for healing after abortion. So if you are listening to this and want to go look at these written, they're written on my website. Um, they will probably be written right into the show notes. Um, but I'm going to tell you five little challenges I have for connecting back to your heart. Um, and the first one is writing. And it, I suggest that you grab a pen and paper and write at the top of the page, what is my heart trying to tell me? Then let, let the answers flow through your hand. You will be shocked at the wisdom that comes through. The more you practice this inner listening, the clearer the messages get. Have you ever done this, Connie? Like write a question and then answer it yourself? Many times. Yes. <laughs> So there's my first suggestion for the writing piece. For nature, um, what do I mean by that? So I want to encourage you listeners to, um, the next time you get outside and your lungs are breathing the fresh air, or better yet, your bare feet are in the earth, I want you to look for signs. See all the ways that nature breaks, right? It breaks and rebuilds. Notice all the places she rises, strong and beautiful, and remind yourself that you are an extension of her. And Connie lives in Hawaii, so I don't know, in my mind, Hawaii is like one of the most beautiful nature places to be. <laughs> it is. I live in a beautiful nature place too. Um, for me, there's a lot of like broken trees and broken like, like forest nature. Um, but it is a beautiful thing when you can like shift your energy and see the way that Mother Earth heals and to know that that's possible for you too. So maybe someday I'll visit Connie in Hawaii. <laughs> and here's a little meditation you can um, try. This is my suggestion number three. So I suggest that you find or create at least three quiet minutes to slow your brain down. And I would encourage you to settle your body into a comfortable position and then use visualization to start to clear. And you can imagine yourself literally giving your brain and your heart a good sweeping and dusting, like literally get in there and clean. <laughs> Just imagine like making room, creating space, 
cleaning away the junk. And when you've done that to any degree that you're comfortable with, clear, cleared those thoughts out and fill your mind, um, sit with the, so clear it out so it feels like a big empty space, your mind and your heart. And then sit with that space long enough to feel yourself start to lighten. For some people, it might happen right away, like immediate, like, like you sweep away all the junk and you're like, oh. <laughs> but for other people, you have to kind of settle in and feel the space. And then I want you to ask your brain and your heart to start communicating again. Remind them that they have each other and that you need them to both connect and to communicate with each other to help you heal. So sweep it up, clean it up, and then imagine a pathway between your heart and your head, basically, your brain and your heart. And then take a deep breath and trust them both to guide you as you move back into your daily life. So you can kind of call it like an active meditation, but in doing this visualizing and cleaning and sweeping and reconnecting, um, sit for it. The meditation part can come in if you sit for as long as you're comfortable just feeling the connection of those two. Um, I know that you, I don't know if you use this language with your clients, Connie, but um, for, for me, it's always like drop out of your head and into your heart. And it's like kind of like make that connection again. And I, I remember hearing that as a client of like a plant spirit medicine teacher of mine to be like, I just felt you shift out of your head and into your heart. And I would feel it too. Like I'd literally feel that energetic shift. Um, and I have to consciously do that a lot because I'm a very heady person, which you probably can tell already. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to give you my feng shui tip. Um, so my feng shui tip is that the next time you walk into your bedroom, locate, everybody's imagining their bedroom right now, I love it. Locate the corner to the far right of the room. So walk in the room, just stand in the doorway and imagine the corner that is in your far right. So the opposite wall all the way on the right. This is the love and relationship corner of the feng shui bagua map. And I want you to give that corner a good decluttering, again, just like we did with your brain and your heart, declutter, dust, clean it out, get some fresh air in there, um, give it some new energy. You can light a candle, you can place something special there like fresh flowers or a piece of jewelry that's meaningful to you. Um, place something there to draw your attention back to the relationship you have with yourself and with anyone involved in your abortion. And ask for forgiveness and decide to move forward in love. And um, feng shui is like a bit of a wacky concept, but it's such powerful work. When we do this energetic work on our spaces, we feel the shift in our bodies and in our lives. So the last of the five tips I have was to surrender. And that one's a little tricky, right? So this is one of the hardest and most important tools we have for bringing love back into our hearts. And to surrender after abortion is to trust that whether it all makes sense to you or not, your abortion was meant to be. Surrender to believe that this is true simply because it happened. It happened and so it was. 
and let go of your attachment to the answers, looking for answers. Shift your attention to curiosity and trust. You can ask questions like, how did this abortion happen for me? Or how did this make me stronger? And those kinds of questions can guide you toward the life that you're meant to have. Release your attachment to what it all means and let your heart show you what more is possible. So those are my five tips. Um, feel free to reach out, tell me how they went for you. If you are one of the women feeling the pangs of a broken heart, I challenge you to keep believing that this discomfort you feel is holding all the ingredients you need to live your very best life. If you're willing to keep feeling into it rather than running away from it, you will surely find your freedom. Keep listening to your heart, it knows the way. And that's what I have for today. Wow. Let's talk. Okay. <laughs> um, first of all, what you wrote was beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, that could apply to anybody, whether yes. they are experiencing, you know, abortion and what that path was. I think it could really apply to anybody. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. I love mm -hmm. what, what you wrote. Thank you for sharing. Um, from the beginning, some of the things that stood out to me is our heart, mm. right? And being in our heart. And when we, when do we have this disconnection between our heart and our mind? And I think what happens is when we open ourselves in a very loving and raw way, um, we kind of have the idea that love is not supposed to hurt. Mm, and that's a good point. We seem to carry this belief so that when it does, when our heart gets broken, mm. when our love doesn't get reciprocated, or we feel rejection, it goes against that belief that love doesn't hurt. And I think what happens then is we internally tell ourselves we cannot trust our heart because it led us to this pain. It hurt us, you know? We acted on everything our heart, or we felt our heart said to do. Yeah. And it betrayed us. And look, now we got, you know, we're broken. Um, something in us broke. Our spirit, our heart, something. And so the idea that love does not hurt, um, I think if we started there, that belief, and we realized that not just love, but everything is part of a yin and yang. There's light. And there's darkness to everything. And it doesn't mean that one is better than the other, which we also have that belief too. And I'm learning in my own life and I'm learning with my clients that for us to say light is good and darkness is bad, we miss the whole reason why we have that balance. And it really is a balance. Um, where does creation start and destruction end? Where does destruction 
start and creation end, it's all part of the same thing. So I think what I was getting back to is when our hearts are broken at that point, we have the idea, I cannot trust myself because look at what I did or look at where I ended up. And so that's when we get into our mind because our mind supposedly is safer and humans are geared for safety. We are evolutionized. Right. Um, I will have to say when I was younger, when I was more religious, so to speak, I had this black and white thinking that, you know, certain things were bad and abortion was one of them. Yeah. And then I had one of my really good friends. Um, she had an abortion and I had to take a step back Yeah. because it was not fun for her. It wasn't something she, you know, did because, um, it wasn't a choice she made lightly. Yeah. She was really broken by this. And it taught me that there is a human being there first yeah. off and that nobody is unredeemable. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just opened me up to see that she was still this wonderful, amazing person, mm -hmm. even though this is a choice she, for whatever reasons, had to make. Mm -hmm. And so in my understanding of it, what I learned is we all are here fulfilling our own spiritual paths, but we also are accessories, so to speak, to help other people fulfill their spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And so something that came to me is when you said, ask yourself, you know, how the abortion is working for me, I think something else to go along with that is how is the abortion working through me? Ooh, through because me. You're also helping the spiritual being on its journey mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And we don't know, you know, what the reason is. And so I think if you can make peace with the fact that things happen, you're not going to always understand why they do, but that there is a greater spiritual story being played out and you're just a part of it. Yeah. Um, and that comes down to that last bit of surrender, right? It's like, I don't have to know why this soul if you believe that and not everybody believes that and that's okay i think clearly connie and i do um i don't know how much you know about my story connie but i really do believe that that baby picked me so that i could do this work like i had always said that i i supported women who chose abortion but i would never make that choice for myself and when the choice came it felt i like I can't say I remember the exact moment, but I remember that feeling of realizing there was a much bigger reason this was happening. And it was her soul's work that was playing out exactly like you're saying through me. And that I didn't have to understand it. Yeah. And it didn't have to make sense to me and it didn't have to feel good. It, it, there, there were tears and there was crying and there was anger and there was confusion. 
and there was blame and all the things were a part of it. And I didn't, if I could surrender to her in my mind, she's a her. And, um, in my heart, she's a her. <laughs> I, I will never know. If she, or maybe I will. I don't know. Um, but if I could surrender to that, that something bigger was happening that I didn't have to understand, it made room for me to do the work I needed to do around it and then because of it. And so I just, I love I love, love, love that you, that you circled around to all this and that, um, that question that I wrote it down, how is my abortion working through me? You know, like what, what might be happening? And that's like that curiosity, right? Like what might be happening here that I hadn't really thought about or that, that doesn't make sense to human me. Yes. Makes sense to (laughs) me. It makes sense to soul me, to spiritual me, to, you know, other me that is connected to the unseen. Um, And that's another human thing. We love making sense of things. We love knowing why. um, Because it goes back to our safety. We want to be safe. And so we feel that if we know um, that it's safer, But something else I've also learned is that the answer doesn't always come. And it doesn't come when you think it will. And it doesn't look like you think it will when it does come. And if you can, just like some of the things you said, be gentle with yourself, be compassionate, hold that space for yourself. I like to encourage my clients to hold space for themselves. with the same kindness and the same consideration that they would hold space for other people. So if you are just able to sit in that uncomfortable, sit in that unknowing, it will reveal itself to you. And it might take years. It's not, it's, we also like instantaneous answers. Yeah. And it's not an instantaneous answer. I don't know your story. But I think had you only looked for answers, it wouldn't have led you here. And the work that you're doing, just from not knowing and to hearing what you wrote, that is work we need in this world. Yeah. Anytime you can create a space for people to really forgive themselves, um, that is an amazing gift. What do you say to your clients who are, who are either, you can tell they're thinking it or they're saying it out loud. Like I've been doing this work for so long. Like how come I don't have, right? How come I haven't healed yet? How come I don't have the answers? Am I, is it ever going to make sense? Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I like, I just want to give up because it's so hard to, to keep looking. I think, um, what you said earlier, it's part of the surrender. Yeah. It's part of the trusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we forget that the journey is the journey. The process <laughs> the journey is... is the process. Yeah. Um, we're not here to have all the answers, have all the right answers. We're here to be part of the journey and part of the, the process and let things unveil itself to us. You know, I was also that person 
when am I going to know? When is it going to happen? Right. <laughs> and I'm not God. I'm not source. I just got to do my part. Yeah. Yeah. And my part is part of the surrender, part of the trusting. And there are things that we're not spiritually or energetically ready to know that even when we knew the answer, we, not that we're not, it's not a, a sense of worth, is that if we knew the answer then, we would not give it the treatment that it deserves at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of the surrender and part of the trusting. And so I understand when my clients are like, why does this? <laughs> I know, right? When am I going to learn? Mm -hmm. And um, those are great questions. But I, trust the process. When I was in, um, when I, back when I was in network marketing, I remember them introducing this concept about the magic meeting and saying that like, the concept is that you may hear the same thing a hundred times, but there's that magic meeting where it clicks. It's that magic time you hear it or you read it in a book and the words are exactly the same, but you're not. You've changed and you are ready to hear it and process it and receive it and do something with it in a different way. And so like, it's just showing up and showing up and showing up and showing up and believing that there's something to find today right? There's something to learn today or not, and that's okay. But that that moment of the magic meeting happens for us all, and we don't know if it's going to be the second time we hear something, or the 39th time, or the 139th time. <laughs> but it's worth it to keep listening. <laughs> I can identify with that so well, because um there's something in you that is guiding you, right? And it's usually your spiritual or your energetic path. Um, there's something in you that nudges you down different pathways. And so there was a time when I was trying to read like Eckhart Tolle and I was trying to read Gary Zukov and it did not compute. My brain right. was not <laughs> accepting the information. I felt like I was reading textbooks. I would read a sentence and I would be like, what? I, I can't get it. What does this mean? And I had to just allow my spiritual journey to be whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so different to where now I read it and everything resonates right. and my spirit vibrates when I read it. And I got to meet Gary Zukov. Oh, and, I, and, I, and he's like, he is exactly how you see him to be. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with him. He wrote The Seed of the Soul. Yeah. Um, and so I got to like meet with him, go on a walk with him. And I read his book again and my spirit just oh vibrated yeah. and I got to tell him that I said you know I tried to read your book before and it was not working um and he's like well how is it now and I said it just makes sense yeah. like my spirit just knows 
and that will come, you know, if I kept trying to force my spirit to understand this work, um, we will know when we need to know and we won't know when it, when it means something to us or it needs to mean something to us. Um, and it's so hard because we're raised in a culture that teaches us to like, you know, our education system, we're raised to like find the answer and there is an answer. And if you don't find it, then you're like rated as this smart or that smart or not smart enough or super smart or right. And so if, if we have, we bring that mindset to spiritual work or philosophical work or theory work, then we read it once and don't understand it. And we like give ourselves a grade, right? Or like, <laughs> or so, we shame ourselves, right? That's really what we're yeah, trying. We're right. shaming ourselves. And, and that is definitely from the school system where yeah. if you didn't know the answer, you got shamed. Right. And so either you didn't want to try an answer or you worked really hard to try and find it, right? And we're still doing that because we're trying to avoid shame. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't like pain in any form, whether it's shame, guilt, we don't like shame. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think as the older we get, the more willing we are to like reintroduce ourselves to concepts that didn't make sense or just to hear them again and, and be willing to process them in a different way and receive them in a different way and, and just stay more open to, to, how, how how can I learn this this time that I that I couldn't read the seed of the soul before when I was twenty it didn't make sense. <laughs> I think also there's so much that comes from life experience, and back to the concept of broken, there is so much that comes from brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, so much teaching that comes from brokenness, so much teaching that comes from learning. And you're not going to know how certain things are until you experience it. You cannot talk about a broken heart unless you've experienced a broken heart. And not just one, mm-hmm. multiple times. And in, in different, you know, whether it's a breakup, whether it's a um, someone let you down or a friendship or you felt like you betrayed yourself there's certain things that you're not going to know unless you have these experiences. Um, Anything that you go through, there's some work involved. Yeah. And another thing we like besides answers is we like easy. We We do like easy. Our brains like easy. (laughs) If things are easy, then, you know, it'd be great. But there's so much learning that comes from the hardship, from the pain. And you need both of those things, like we talked about. You need the light and you need the dark. The dark teaches you so many things that to be honest, the light could never teach you. Yeah. You need that. You this vision when you're talking of like the cracking open and like it's almost like Uh, the acorn concept, right? Like the acorn has everything it needs to be the oak tree. Well, not everything, because it does eventually need the light and the soil, yes. but like it has to literally crack open to be born into the oak tree. And like, I mean, it's so cliche, like the butterfly and the, and the transformation, but like, what if but the- Those are great nature yeah, I know. examples. Yeah. And like, if our abortions broke us in a way that it, 
that we couldn't have bloomed without that breaking, right? We couldn't have become the woman we're meant to be without that experience. And I truly feel that about my own abortion. Like, and there were moments that even, even just choosing abortion, I was like, this is just, this is going to destroy me. <laughs> like, that's it. I'm done. I'm broken. Good. Right. And good. Right. Or it wouldn't have been the same for me. I wouldn't have been able to do this work if it hadn't hurt so much. Um, but I wouldn't be who I am today without having felt that crack, that breaking, that opening. Um, and so, you know, if you can, if you can open your perspective to just say like, yes, it hurts, but maybe it's meant to be, you know, this is part of the process. We can do back to that trust and surrender again. And like you were saying, um, you have to completely dissolve or not maybe completely dissolve, but there's certain parts that need to be dissolved um, so that you can be who you are meant to be. Ooh, and this is making me think like how often, you know, and we, we have these experiences like an abortion or a breakup or a business failure or something. And what we do is we try and go back and be the person we were before it. Or like to heal, I gotta go, I gotta erase it and go back and be the person I was before it. And that's what causes us so much pain because we're, we're not that person. We will never be that person. We have to surrender to this new person that we are, that this experience made us. Um, so good. So many good conversations we could keep having. Um, but I should probably wrap us up. <laughs> the clock is staring at me saying one of two things. Like you could talk about this forever and go get your son at school. <laughs> okay. But thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I will, um, just linking to your website, connect people to the, to the places you are, like your social media and stuff. It does. Um, if they want to find me faster, they can link to my Instagram and on Instagram I'm always that's where all my quotes go up okay uh, so and, I, and oh, do they your name yes so, so it's Connie underscore Ann A-N-N-E underscore Holman H-O-L-M-A-N underscore L-M-H-C Okay. And we will put that on the, in the show notes and the website, but if people want to go find you quickly, (laughs) start searching. Thank you so much. And I hope that we get to stay in contact and keep having these conversations. I do. It was wonderful meeting you and thank you for doing this work. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.